ATV Talk, the podcast presents Inspired. Sit down with your host, Leonard Duncan, as he interviews men and women whose stories are so inspirational that they need to be shared. Hopefully, their stories may inspire you and create a change. Mondays at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember, dream big. It could be your story one day. GBC Power Sports Tires, a division of Green Ball Corp, has been producing industry-leading tires for ATV side-by-side market for over 25 years, with tires like Mongrel, Dirt Devil, Terramaster, XC Master, Dirt Commander, and Groundbuster. They have a tire for your application. Top racers from GNCC, Works, and Best in the Desert rely on GBC Power Sports Tires. So why shouldn't you? Go check them out at gbctires.com to see the full line of tires they offer. Thank you very much. GPR Stabilizer, a leader in steering dampener technology, brings you the new Q5 Sport ATV Dampener with better control and handling with an upgraded vane and seal system. Go check it out today, www.gprstabilizers.com or call 619-661-0101. Don't forget to tell them ATV Talk Sandy. Doug Gust, welcome to ATV Talk. How you doing? Glad to be here. Well, it's my pleasure, man. You're, you're a legend in our sport and I'm glad you took some time with us uh, to tell your story. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, seems like it's been such a long time ago. Well, it, uh, we don't really know. I mean, when was your last race? Uh, it was going to be, I would say, uh, 09 would have been the last race. Um, geez, was it Loretta Lynn's? No, I don't even remember. But it was 09, I know for sure. And uh, I don't remember if Loretta Lynn's was the last race of that season or not. Usually Loretta Lynn's was, but. So I'm assuming that was my last race. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, you riding for Suzuki at that point? Yes. Yep. I finished my career out with Suzuki. Um, but yeah, I would uh, say that was my last race and, um, I have raced a quad since then, just like at a local race, you know, I guy asked me to race, but other than that, uh, I just been sticking riding dirt bikes and snowmobiles. Um, seems like, uh, I really miss riding a quad, but, Every time I ride the quad, costs me money, you know, too much money, I should say, you know, but probably not no more. I've been off it for quite a while, so I couldn't ride it as hard anymore as I used to, you know, so. Uh, did did you go down to Joe Berg's not too long ago and ride with him? Yeah, that would have been about a year ago. Yep. Yep. A year ago we were riding and uh, I was riding dirt bike. He was riding quad, but yeah. Yep. Yeah. He said that you guys rode a little harder than you probably should have. Yeah, I I did. I uh, woke up <laughs> with a concussion. <laughs> but yeah, it slid out on a dirt bike and, you know, just kind of hit the ground. His ground's harder than ours down there. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. is it, it's harder in the, in the wintertime up where you are. Yeah. 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 Are you guys yeah, just out uh, of snow right now? No, we're all, we're all done with snow. Actually, yesterday, I think, was um, 
the last day we, we, we make snow on my hill and do snow cross. And, uh, <laughs> we were betting on when was it going to be the last day the snow was still here. And there was a pile of snow yesterday morning and my bet was five o'clock yesterday, but it was gone by noon. Yeah. A little bit that was left, but we, we had a really extremely warm spring already. It's been in the sixties a lot. So it's good for you guys, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've rode the dirt bike a couple of times already. I might matter of fact, I rode one day. It was the 13th of mm-hmm. March. I rode snowmobile at three o'clock and at three thirty-eight, my wife's got a picture of me riding uh, the dirt bike. Yeah. The snow, the snow cross track is on one side of my property and the dirt bike tracks on the other. And uh, the South side of my dirt bike track was actually dusty out. So I rode both in one day and uh, not too often you can do that. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it was fun. It was a good time. Do you have uh, a lot of people come and ride at, at your place? Yeah, we get uh, pretty busy, um, especially early on for the snow cross season is November and December. Um, uh, d- this December, we had pretty good turnouts and um, we, we held a um, regional Wisconsin regional snow cross race. So and that was a good turnout. I would say there was 120 some riders there. So it was good. Yeah. But the tracks are very short compared to motocross because you have to make the material to ride on, you know? So, right. Do you actually get out there and ride them? I have, um, and I have this year, but I did not race this year. This is the first year I didn't race it. Normally I'll, I'll race the old guys class, you know, the plus 40 class. So, but I didn't do it this year. I was too busy working the track and getting things ready. I didn't have a chance to do it. So, well, that sucks. Yeah, I know. I, I kind of missed it, but you know, but I go out there and ride with the guy who have practice. I'll, I'll go out there, you know, and of course I get kids that want to race me all the time. So I go out there and play around with them and have some fun. How old are you now? 53. Oh, you're younger than 38. Thirty-eight. I, 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 no more birthdays. I told my wife I'm at, I was thirty-eight. <laughs> older than that. Hey, it works, man. It works. I got all this gray hair. I'm I'm giving it away. Yeah, I just shaved my beard. I had a beard that had a bunch of gray in it. So, well, luckily my hair is still uh, not too gray, but beard is. Uh, you don't have any daughters, do you? No, just a stepdaughter, Haley. That uh, you probably remember her through the racing days. Maybe you don't. Uh, no. it's possible, but yeah. I have, I acquired two more daughters with my new wife. So, oh. and, and, and a stepson, he's, uh, but he's 18 and he's a big baseball player. So we, uh, we go watch, enjoy watching his games. He's good. He's a pitcher and plays uh, first base also. So, well, that's sounds like Lauren's son. He, uh, he went to Oregon for, uh, baseball and, uh, ended up getting injured and, uh, and didn't get to play anymore. Oh, wow. That sucks. Yeah. No, it's, uh, you never know. I mean, you try to live your life and have as much fun as you can, but always there's that chance with what what you're doing. It don't matter if it's baseball, motocross, snowcross, or skiing. (laughs) I I taught my wife how to ski this year because she's from Tennessee, so she never got to do any of that. And uh, she's got some bruises on her body still from skiing. We went, we actually skied last Friday. The ski hills up north still have snow. And uh, we went and skied, and then we went and watched uh, National Snowcross Racers up at Eagle River, which is the Snowmobile Championship Derby of the World, they call it. And uh, so we, we had a good day last Friday. We skied, and then we went and watched the uh, last round of the Snowcross Races. So that was fun. <laughs> it sucks to be a spectator, though, you know? <laughs> 
Yeah, it does. It really does. You know, if you're not involved, you know, my kids ask me, dad, why don't you want to go to supercross? Um, I'm not in the pits and I'm not working on anything. So why do I want to go? Yeah. 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 It's just, it's just not as much fun being a participant is everything or having one of your machines out there, you know, that you get to watch or get to work on or you're, you're racing for the championship. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, you got the same blood. Yeah. I don't mind. We went to a supercross Arlington, Texas this year. We went and watched that one. And, uh, boy, that was, um, that was quite the race. And I'm telling you what, them guys are hauling the mail. I just, I mean, man, can they, can they go? It's just crazy. The, uh, the precision they have now and how they can, you know, jump these triples and get in between this next ones. And it's, it's, it's very impressive. Very impressive. Well, you've did some, done some pretty impressive things on an ATV too. So mm-hmm. don't say, yeah, but that just seems, you know, back in the day, it just was normal. You know, this is pretty crazy. So. <laughs> maybe you, maybe you're getting a little older and, and realizing the scope of what you used to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be. Could be. And uh, looking at some of them things, you know, you're like, man, was the risk worth the reward? But back then you would have said, yeah. yeah. But now you look at like, Ooh, I don't know about that. <laughs> you know, I, I don't need to jump that. I'll wait till next lap or next year. You know? Next year. I'm just going to, I'm always the kind of rider that I would like to have my wheels on the ground. Yeah. So I liked yeah. off road and desert because there wasn't a lot of jumping. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was, no, I'm opposite. I like hitting the jumps and I still, uh, you know, I got some triples and doubles and stuff that I even do them on the snowmobile. When I go ride the motocross track on the snowmobile, when we do get some snow, we had, we had 20 some inches this year. So we had a pretty good base of snow on the ground, but a snowmobile will burn through 20 inches so quick. You know, after a couple of laps, you get down to dirt. That's why we make the snow because it's a wetter, heavier, snow and you know you make a couple feet and then it takes a lot longer for the snowmobiles to dig down but um but i still enjoy jumping them i still i mean i don't not crazy high but i i still jump them you know yeah, so. i can send in pictures yeah, yeah. <laughs> my wife will send you some pictures yes i could definitely do that yeah he he definitely enjoys the jumps we're gonna put it that way yeah. <laughs> so does that does that scare does that scare you know that i would say exactly scare me it just kind of you know makes me catch my breath for a second but i mean he i don't know i guess i could say he probably never scares me in anything that he does whether i'm flying with him in an airplane at however many mile an hour or riding a snowmobile at 80 90 mile an hour you know i just yeah i broke her to go down a snowmobile yeah he's he's introduced me to a whole lot of northern sports i guess you'd say and um she went trail riding this year rode her own snowmobile put a couple hundred miles on and she actually goes my main business now is crop dusting and i have a two-seater and there's not many two-seaters out or side-by-side two-seaters and she rides with me so she um she got to she got to come along quite a bit this year and, and knows what it's like to do 150 mile an hour across the ground. 10 yeah, feet, literally 10 across feet. the ground, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. That's pretty amazing stuff right there. It is, and I wouldn't change it for the world. So that's awesome. I, I Doug, I'm so happy for you. You have no idea, brother. Thank you. 
I met my angel uh, totally by accident through a, a, a lady that used to work for us at Duncan Racing. And, um, you know, I just knew the day I met her that I, that she was the one and and uh, yeah. she's changed my life for the better. I think she probably saved my life. Yeah, me too. That's the same way. Well, you, I don't know if Joe told you, but I met her through Joe. Yes. Joe yep. Yep. So mm -hmm. I was down there looking at an airplane actually. And he says, Hey, I gotta, you gotta meet this girl. I'm like, no, no, I gotta get caught. No, no. He says, you gotta meet this girl. So all right. And then holy cow, like I said, I knew first, first night and I knew mm -hmm. first night I met her. That star just hit you and you just, it just yep. changes your whole world, doesn't it? Yep. Wasn't even expecting it. You know, just didn't even think, you know, that's so awesome. I'm happy for both of you. I want to ask some questions about, let's go back in time. How did you get into ATVs? Wow. Um, well, I used to, um, I started out on dirt bikes and, um, I had a neighbor that had a three wheeler. Her name was Tammy. I remember she had a little three wheeler and she would come over and watch us ride dirt bikes. And, um, I, I always looked at that thing. Eh, it'd be fun to try one of them. So I got on one of them, started riding a three wheeler and I actually started racing a three wheeler first, you know, and, uh, I did very well on the three wheeler, but I was, my heart was set on dirt bikes, but I wasn't very good on the dirt bike. I, I was better on the three wheeler and was starting to win some local races and stuff. And then of course they banned three wheelers and, um, in 87, maybe it was, I bought a four wheeler. Right. And then my, I bought a Suzuki. Suzuki was my first four wheeler. And I, um, I started racing that. And, uh, I think I raced in 87 for one year and I bought an 88 brand new. And I said to myself, I'm going to go pro. So I loaded up and came out to your neck of woods, out to California, and I raced the Golden State Nationals. Remember them? Yes, I do. Yep. And uh, boy, there was some old timers there, like well Gary Denton, but I mean, boy uh, Dean Sundell, and I mean there were some older names, you know. I mean that I had to race then. And uh, anyways, long story short, there um, I uh, loaded everything up in my Toyota truck. I remember I had a cap on the back. Got out there raced one of them golden state nationals and then um got a motel room i just turned 21 i'd went to the bar that night met some football players because i think the broncos and washington redskins were playing for the super bowl and uh went back to the room next morning got up and went out like wow where's my truck like, oh, the truck's gone nothing but a pile of glass there and i'm like wait this ain't right and i'm looking how oh, i parked right there went back into the office and they called the police and the police come out and said, Oh, you had a better chance of finding it at us. You know what it looks like. And it's probably already in Mexico or, <laughs> you know, so yeah, that was it. And that kind of ended my career for a bit because I was on my own and I couldn't afford another four. I lost my truck insurance company didn't pay for what was in the back. So I had lost all that. So I had worked for a whole year, I think, and then uh, bought another, 89 250R Honda. And then I went down to Loretta Lynn's. I practiced on it a lot, went to Loretta Lynn's last national, raced pro, and um, got out front, passed Gary Denton, which I was like, he was my idol. And then I passed him, and I had stock tires on in the back and uh, didn't have nothing done to it but a Bill's pipe. And um, 
got out front and led for a while. And then reality hit me and I started getting tired and uh, fell back to fourth and finished fourth for my first national pro national at Loretta Lynn's there. So, and then from there on, I just started getting sponsors and kept doing it. I actually went to the Texas arena cross races too in the winter then because they were down in Texas and I won that championship. So and that's how it all started. Wow. That's quite a way to start, isn't it? Yeah. And I raced dirt bike too. So when I was down there, I would race the pro quad class and I raced the pro dirt bike against like Dennis Hawthorne and Guy Cooper and them guys. And I could qualify on the dirt bike, but barely I'd always finished last. Like they only took 14 or 15, you know, in the main for them. And I'd be like, 12th or 13th or 14th, you know, all depending on the night, but I could usually win the quad class, but it was very difficult to transition over. I don't have any problem getting off the four there onto the dirt bike, but from the dirt bike back onto the four wheeler with the lower handlebars and being lower, that, that was a hard transition. Wow. <laughs> That's the only thing that you're worried about is the, the handlebar position. Uh, yeah. I'll yeah. give that one to you. I'll give that one to you. Yeah. Well, and it, you know, it's Not side to side. Oh, yeah, the weight too. But you know, it just it just you're scrunched more down on the quad than you were on a dirt bike, you know. I didn't spend a lot of time with you when we were racing back east. Um, I've heard a bunch of stories, you know, and we were always cordial and everything, but I heard some stories about your training regimen <laughs> and, and I don't know if it's true. I'm assuming it is, but I was told that you used to go do your motos on the track and that there's a slight uphill to your garage from your track to, to, mm-hmm. to from where you finished. And you used to do your moto and then push your quad back to the garage. Is that true? Yeah. Yes. I um, actually, where I, where I did my motos is where I live right now. The house wasn't here at the time, but from here to my parents, it's about a quarter mile. And it's actually kind of through the swamp. We had a path and then up a hill to my, to the garage there. And yeah. And I, I can remember one instance I was pushing it back and I was just dying and it was really hot out in Wisconsin. You know, we do get a couple of weeks of hot, humid weather here. <laughs> but according to my new wife, I don't know hot, you know. But anyways, uh, I uh, got almost to the garage and I collapsed. And my dad came out and he looked down at me and I was laying in the grass looking up. And he says, is it really worth it? And I said, I'll tell you at the end of the year, <laughs> I can remember that. That was a bad time, but usually I made it all the way to the garage. But yeah, that was part of my training program. How long did you keep that up? How long did I train like that? Yeah. Oh, so pretty much through my whole career. I did. I would do after I was done race riding. I would either push it or run or had a parachute and run with a parachute, just something to get that extra stamina. And my, um, my whole goal was that I wanted to, my last lap had to be just as fast as the first, if not faster. And that was usually my strong point. There were a lot of guys faster than me, you know, but they could sprint for half the race and they would start falling back. And then that's where I would excel. And, and I'm sure that training regimen paid off that way because I never felt I was the fastest guy. I was usually strongest and smartest out there, you know, and that helped me win a lot of races. 
Where did you get your knowledge for racing? Was it just uh, you dissecting the, the events as they came along or did, was there somebody coaching you that helped you? No, I just watched a lot. You know, I would watch races and just was very open to suggestions and, and, you know, and then I just by riding, I, I, I called it handlebar time. I liked, I rode a lot more than a lot of people. A lot of people would cross train. I really didn't cross train. I just, my training was riding and I felt the more me and the further became one, the better, faster, less likely I'm going to make mistakes. And, and that's how I did it. And just, you know, it was just a lot of, uh, a lot of riding and watching races and learning. And, and I learned a lot of things. And sometimes I was a slow learner. You know, it took me a while to figure things out, but I did. But yeah, I never had a, you know, I had, had never had anybody training me on a track. I did have a good mentor, Wayne Henson. I mean, he helped me out a lot, you know, and, and he helped me out on the mechanical side on, hey, this works or what's your try this? And then I would and it would work. You know, but I mean, back early before Wayne, I had, um, you know, Darren Nacarado. I don't know if you remember Nacarado. That was like my first satellite race team that I full ride I had, you know, and they and they helped out a lot. And then uh, Tom Carlson, who can't forget Tom Carlson, (laughs) no good old TC. He 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 was more of a, I call it a backyard uh, tester, you know, just get something running and take it, drag it down the road. And that was his idea of it, it, it being fast, but it worked. I mean, he built some good stuff for me, um, but I'll never forget the time where I, I came into pits and I said something was wrong with it. And he was revving up road a little bit. Just run it, boy. Just run it, boy. <laughs> that was his saying. And I looked at him like, really, Tom? <laughs> uh, we, we had some good times, though. Good times. That's pretty awesome. I like Tom. He, he's a good dude. Yeah, uh, yeah, he is. Forever either, you know. I seen him. He came to my wedding, uh, but other than that, I hadn't seen him in a long time. Now, you know, he got hurt pretty bad, like um, two years ago. He was riding a three wheeler, testing it, and uh, he still had the um, tie down strap on, and somehow it came off. It was just hanging on handlebars, and it caught either in the rear tire or something, and turned his handlebar, and boom, he hit the pavement. And oh man, he showed me some pictures how much blood was on the road. He didn't have a helmet on, which was his bad, but he's lucky, lucky guy. Yeah. And he recovered fully from that. Yep. He did. He did. Wow. That's yeah. yeah. I know. I remember hearing some things about it, but he, we never got constant updates on, on how he was doing. Um, yeah. yeah. Other than- I, I didn't really know his, his nephew, Michael called me and would, would tell me the details, you know, what's going on. So. Yeah, he's like a good dude, man. But he he he's lucky. That was uh that was one of the seven lives or whatever nine lives you want to call it. So he, he used it up there. So well, being the, being what we do, you know, uh, I mean, you got to race, you got to do all the 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 really cool part of it. But the guys like Tom and myself that we were out testing and trying to come up with new things all the time, you know, we have to do kind of stupid things every once in a while to, to ensure that this goes as fast as it's supposed to. Um, no, I mean, I, I've, I've done some pretty dumb things, you know, looking in hindsight, you know, fortunately for me, they worked out, you know, I've only had to pick myself up off the concrete a couple of times. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Don't tell your wife that. (laughs) 
My wife is um, 1000% supportive of what I do. Uh-huh. Um, she's just not an off-road person. Yeah. So she hmm. went to the desert for the first time and, and I've probably told this story and she, I, I, her daughter's never been. So that's Valeria. That's the young lady that the reason that the ATV talk even ever got off the ground is because of my two daughters, Valeria and Paula. Wow. Uh, Valeria is uh, Terry, my wife's youngest and Paula is her oldest. And Paula has an advertising agency in, in Guadalajara that is all social media based. So she understood social media or still does. And she mm-hmm. was teaching me for my side business to Duncan racing, which is bike prep and building and rider development. So she was helping me develop that site. Right. Well, we started talking about podcasts and one thing led to another. And then we did some taping and then Valeria was working with me. And, and what Valeria does is Valeria edits everything. Valeria puts it all together. She programs it in, plugs it in, makes sure that all the videos are right. Make sure that all the audio is done. Uh, me, I just sit here and get to talk to you and have a good time. <laughs> you have the easy job, huh? Uh, yes, uh, yes, uh, yes, I do. And if it wasn't for these young ladies, none of this would happen. My son, Danny, helps out with ideas. My son, Daniel, um, which is also my my wife's son, uh, he helps get in touch with people because he's a whiz at reaching people through Instagram and Facebook and things like that. So, okay. Cool. So there's a whole program. So what I was yep. getting to is, my daughter Valeria had never been to the sand dunes. So my brother's birthday was in December. We worked out this whole schedule to go. I talked my wife into going. My daughter Valeria is super excited. Can't wait. Wants to see what this is all about. I borrow Randy at GPR's steering stabilizers, Yamaha, and his XZ whatever 1000. And... The only instruction I get is, hey, don't roll my car. (laughs) You know where this is going, right? Yep. (laughs) So we're out on the first ride. First time in the dunes. Everything's going great. We're having a ball. She's super excited. And we go off the super soft off camber hill and I missed a shift. You know what happens? You miss a shift in a UTV. It just sinks. Yeah. And it sank and we started, we rolled over twice. Oh boy. And fortunately for me, nobody got hurt and the car didn't get hurt. We fired it back up threw the whip in the back and drove off. Wow. Wow. So she's got a story to tell, you know, her first ride in the dunes was upside down. What just made it memorable. What dunes did you go to? Glamis. Glamis. Yep. You know, I have never been there. <laughs> yeah, I've been wanting to go and I've never, you know, all my years racing just busy, never, never got to go there. You better you better watch out when Shane hears that, he's gonna swing swing by one day and pick you up. Oh boy, <laughs> yeah. Well, I bet there. I'm just joking. <laughs> Wait, you think I'm kidding. Yeah. You think I I'm hear kidding. it's it's great. I hear it's great. I just never uh just never had the opportunity, I guess. 
So. You know, it's all in what you're looking for to go ride in. You know, I mean, I can't tell you it's bad. I mean, it's a lot of fun when you get to go. It's a lot of work to load your stuff and go. And, and you know, I'd rather load my stuff and go to the race than load my stuff and go to Glamis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, right. <laughs> yep. No, I hear you. That's probably why I never went before, you know, and now I just with racing over and got busy with my crop dusting business. And I mean, I know you had called me earlier a couple months ago, I guess, or it's been already in tech. I've been in Texas. Reason we were in Texas, we were, I'm getting a new airplane built by air tractor and the factories down there. So we were down there for a while or in Tennessee, we're up North and you know, and I finally slowed down a little bit here. I kind of transition before I start getting busy flying airplanes again, you know? So. Wow. Do you have to, do you have to do anything to get prepared for flying the airplane or do you just, is it just normal for you to just go from off season to on season? Um, it's, it's kind of like racing. I mean, when I first get in the airplane, I can't, you know, I can't fly it as you, I guess you put it as riding quite hard. You know, I gotta be easy. Cause I'll, I can get myself sick. If you start yanking and banking and turning too sharp, you know, right off the get go, you're going to start sweating and get sick, you know? So you just like anything, I got to work myself back into it again. I mean, and then after flying for a while, you know, for a couple of weeks, then you're back to flying like you normally fly, you know, but it's, it's, um, it's, it's a business that it's kind of like racing. The more you get done, the more you get paid. So kind of like racing, the more races you win, the more you get paid, you know? So the more acres we get, we get paid by the acres. So the more acres we spray, the more we get paid. So when you're down on the field and you got what they call the money handle on, which is the spray handle, you're spraying the field. But when you come up out of the field, okay, now you're not making money. So you want to turn around and get back down in that field as fast as you can. So, you know, you're, you're starting to put a lot of G's on yourself when you start turning sharp and banking hard. So unless your wife is with you, right. Then, some, and then you forget that your wife is with you. And then she quietly reminds you yeah. that, Hey, did you forget I was here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, yep. That's right. You're in here. I can't turn that sharp. You're not used to <laughs> yep, this yet. Nope. I haven't built your tolerance up to it yet. But. Oh man. <laughs> but Hey, it sounds like you have a good time, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and this off season too, we're re you have to recertify for your pesticide license and you got to get your medical over again. And, you know, there's a lot of certification testing you have to do to get back ready for the season. So do you still train to stay in shape and, and things like that? No, probably not as hard as you used to, but no, all I do is, you know, when I get a chance to ride, I ride the dirt bike and in the winter I ride the snowmobile, you know, um, to try to cross train and, and, and stay in somewhat shape, but no, um, I'm way out of shape compared to what I was, you know, when I was racing. So and, if you yeah, go a, back, a little heavier too. <laughs> wow. I mean, that just happens with age. If you go back and start thinking about some of the places that you got to race, what was your favorite? Wow. Um, Boy, um, I'm just going to say, he told me he loved Loretta's, even though it was yeah. hot as heck. Yeah. <laughs> no, Loretta's was a, it was a hot box heat wave down there, but um, it's the humidity, he can't handle the humidity down South. I got to say Red Bud was one of my favorite, even though it's closest to me, you know, it's still three hours away, but I liked, I liked Glen Helen too, because of the up and down hills, you know? So I, I can't say I really have a favorite as far as, 
in the States go. I mean, I got to go to New Zealand and Argentina and that was really cool too. racing over there. You know, that was fun, but uh, it's, it's hard really to pinpoint a favorite. Uh, but I, I say in, in the States, it was, it was either across from Red Butt to uh, Glen Helen out there, you know, but I liked, um, what was that practice track out by you guys or a competitive edge? I think it is. Yeah. It's that, gone now. Is it gone? That was a fun track too. I remember. Yeah, you know, but uh, we never got to race there. So, yeah, they they I, I raced flat track up there on on flat track bikes. That was yeah. Pretty, you know, well, yeah, we were talking about Tom Carlson, and uh, you got to remember, Tom was the one that um, talked me into riding a first a four stroke for the first time. So he built that Suzuki DRZ four hundred. He put that in a in a Walsh chassis. Um, and that was the first time I ever rode a four stroke and I kind of was, I don't want to do it, Tom. I'm going to stay on my two stroke, you know? And he's like, Oh no, you got to try this thing out. And, um, I tried it out at Ichikani, uh, in Georgia it was our making Georgia first national. He talked me into racing it right away. And, um, I think I was one of the only guys that had a four stroke at the time. And, um, I liked it. <laughs> he proved me wrong. I told him I wouldn't like it, but I liked it. And uh, we had some mechanical issues. I think I won one moto and then I broke down the second moto, but um, he's the one that got that, that whole ball rolling because of him. Suzuki started looking into us then because we kept racing that, you know, Suzuki DRZ 400 based motor, you know, out of the motorcycle into the quad chassis. And um, they, before people even knew, um, Suzuki was getting involved in it. We were talking to them and they were helping us out, you know, and I think in 03, we kind of had like behind the scenes support from Suzuki and then in 04, the full factory ride came. So, but you know, it's, it's, that's a big thanks to Tom that, you know, by him building that quad and talking me into riding it, that that all escalated. And then of course, Henson was involved and all my, you know, Yoshimir and, all my sponsors there and it just, it escalated and really became a big thing. And I had a really good year then in 04, you know, we had one of the best years ever. I think I won seven or eight races that year. So, but that's when we changed to just over to motocross too. We didn't have to do the TTs and I wasn't a very good uh, flat tracker. I was better motocrosser than flat tracker. Do you think that the four strokes prolonged your career? Yes. Yes. I think so. And I, and I realized after a while that the four stroke was easier to ride. The power band is just so much smoother. You don't have to be so erratic, you know, it's just constantly on the clutch and wide open on the gas. So um, I really, I really um, enjoyed them. And I never went back to two stroke after that. Did you, still, get your, did you get rid of all your 250 R's? Nope. I still got 250 R. Yep. I got the 99 one. I won a championship on. Yep. And I got the LTZ 400. I won a championship on and I got, I got an LTR 450. So I got three of them, but they're all like showcases kind of like in the trophy room, you know? So one's, one's actually under my steps of my, my bedroom. In the living room. In the living room. My my new wife just really likes that. I love it. (laughs) And then uh, I got one uh, up in a loft, like in a barn and, you know, kind of for show. And then the LDR 450, I had rode that probably five or six years ago 
it's just kind of up on a stand sitting there all looking pretty, but don't ride it. So you need to send me some photos. I will. I will. I'll get you some of the, I got to have her send you the one. She took me riding a snowmobile the same day I rode a dirt bike later. So that, that's awesome. Yeah. So I believe that four strokes extended so many people's careers because I know the difference when I ride the two strokes and how I feel. Cause I still have to ride two strokes. I still have to do some of the testing for the customers to give them their machines. And then when I get on a four stroke, the transition difference in the way I feel holding on to the machine is, is night and day. Oh yeah. And you know, you don't notice a little extra weight is like a lot of people think that, Oh, that's the way every, but it's, the power is so smooth that you can just ride it longer without getting tired. And even though they are a little heavier, you know, it doesn't, doesn't affect you. I don't think it does at all. No. What was your, uh, who was your biggest nemesis? Hmm. You can say Joe, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I gotta say Joe's tried to beat my record. I don't think he did. Cause I raced till I was 42. And I was still winning some races. He tried to, he tried to top that, but I don't think he made it. So I don't think he did either. Joe was, um, Joe was fast. One of the fastest guys out there. And he trained hard. Cause I had trained with Joe a lot. Some winters I would go down to his place and train. Um, and Joe was, uh, very determined. Um, I mean, he, he lived quads and, um, I'll tell you what, that guy trained hard. That guy really trained hard and he had to be one of the, one of the guys besides me in the best shape, you know, um, he just was a bigger guy. I think his size hurt him sometimes, you know, cause he had to have a little bit more power to pull because he's six something, you know, six foot something. And, um, but he just, um, I think he could, uh, won a lot more nationals if, you know, he could have got out front earlier because he just had a hard time getting the starts. And, you know, we at the end of my racing career, I know there were so many fast guys. I mean, we're all within a second of each other. And so it's a matter of who gets out front. You know, you, you get out front right away and that's half the race right there. You know, so. right. You don't but, uh, you don't have a specific person that that gave you the the, the toughest time or the rivalry. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say, I mean, I never, never had a problem with, with Joe on the track really. We, you know, I mean, other people did, um, because he, he's, he's an aggressive rider, but, uh, I never had a problem, but I'd say John Natale, maybe, um, you know, I, I had me and him had some battles going on and, and had a tough time with him. Um, Tim Farr too, Tim Farr. He's a, he's a, one of the smartest riders that was out there. You know, he was, Definitely uh, a tough guy to beat because he was he was so smart, you know, and he had really good equipment too. So yeah, it's it's between a couple of them guys, I guess, you know. Well, that's awesome. So if we could go back in time, and you could pick the lineup, and you get to pick the track, and the ten guys you want to go against, who would they be? <laughs> mm, well, I guess I'd have to pick. Red Bud. <laughs> um, and I'd pick Tim uh, Farr again. Shane Hit. He was fun to race against. Um, 
Joe Bird. Um, boy, it's been so long. I got to think of these names. Uh, oof, um, you, you know, Jeremiah Jones. Guys as well. Jeremiah Jones got, you know, unfortunately got hurt bad. But uh, Chad Weenan, heck, Chad's pretty he, – he lives fairly close compared to all of them, I think three hours away. Um, and I remember when I used to beat him. <laughs> but, yeah, Chad Weenan, um, Hetrick, Joel Hetrick, he's, he's fast as unbelievable now, you know, little shit. And he, I remember when he was only waist tall. Um, boy, there's so many riders. I just, on top of my head right now, I can't think of them. But, uh, yeah, um, it was all good fun. They were all good. Uh, John Natale, as we just talked about. Um, yeah. Boy, there's a lot of, lot of, lot of good guys out there. You know, Gary Denton, I love Grace and Gary Denton. He was always full shot master. You know, I'd like to get him back out of the track again. Um, did you ever, yeah. did you ever consider going to any of the legend races? Yeah. Unfortunately that one that happened last year, uh, my busy season is in July and that's when they had that race. And I mean, I'm, I fly from sun up to sundown seven days a week during that season. Cause the corn is, ready to spray and it's just like you can't miss a day you know and um if if you miss a day you don't get it back they'll give them acres to somebody else believe it or not there's a lot of crop dusters out there and i'm building my business up so i didn't want to i wanted to go bad but i i couldn't couldn't miss today but maybe later on i'd love to do a legends race love to that would be pretty awesome what was your best finish on the tt i did win one i think <laughs> one national, but I'd always finish fourth or fifth overall in the season, you know, but I, I did towards the end, I started picking it up and getting the right. And I, I just really didn't know how to set the bike up. I mean, Tim Farr and Shane hit, they were TT experts, you know, they knew really how to do that. And, uh, but I finally started towards then picking it up. You know? And, and you didn't have a, you didn't have a favorite place to race that, did you? Um, I liked Astrabula. Uh, what was that track called? You know, the one where they did the Legends race with the hills and stuff. Yeah, that, that's got to be my favorite TT race. Probably because it's got a little bit of hills and jumps, you know, a little bit. It doesn't have that anymore. Oh, they took that out. They took that out. Oh, geez. Yeah, I didn't get to go. We didn't get to go. Lauren and I didn't get to go either. Oh, wow. We're just so busy. It's it's yeah, unbelievable. Uh, has COVID affected you, you at all in, in your business at all? No, it did not. Um, you know, people need to eat and a lot of people probably don't realize crop doesn't have to do with helping feed in America. Cause we're, you know, we're helping the crops, um, produce better yields and, uh, it, it did not hurt us at all. We were just, if not a little better than last year. I mean, the, the good thing was the fuel prices went down for us because, uh, traveling wasn't going on. And so we use jet fuel and some of the uh, air tractors um, that we fly their jet power. So we're using jet fuel and um, price of jet fuel really went down low because the airlines were basically shut down last year. So that was good for us, but that it's not lasting too long anymore. So yeah, I hope you bought how about you. Uh, we got busier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We got busier. It, it, it I bet. Yeah. It shut things down around us, um, but in the little pocket that we live in, nothing really stopped. 
all the construction businesses, uh, the motorhome businesses, the off-road racing deal. Um, you know, there's a big heating and air company next to us and, and nobody missed a day. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, I know the, the, I guess you would call off-road industry or whatever. My dealership, they sold out of everything. Um, I got a camper place not too far from us. They were selling campers like never had a stellar year. And I think a lot of the, you know, because a lot of the school sports and stuff were shut down and parents didn't have nothing to do for their kids. So they bought them dirt bikes or, Hey, we got dirt. We got to go out racing or we got to go camping with it, you know? And um, I have a friend that went to the, uh, his son raced, uh, I think they called the winter Olympics or mini Olympics down in Florida at Gatorback. That was a, that was a good track too. I like that one. And he said they had a record turnout this year, this past fall, you know, just, and that's probably because of that. Our recreational business is mm -hmm. off the charts. Wow. Mm -hmm. I could imagine. Our, our motor shop has been in business almost 50 years and we've never had this many engines. Wow. Well, that's good. But the supply chain has been damaged. Yeah. So your factories aren't producing the parts the mm -hmm. same rate. Um, and they, they chose Suzuki just to, just for the one uh, chose to stop making some LT 500 parts. Oh, wow. I don't know if they're going to come back, but at this given second, they're, they're not making them. And, and, and they're kind of strange every once in a while, they'll produce something. They discontinued discontinued. Yeah. You know, which is great. I wish they, I wish Honda would take the lead and produce 250R parts, but yeah, it's never yeah. going to happen. Right, right. And then and is uh, Yamaha the only one now out with a four wheeler, a race squad? Yep. yep. Wow. It, you know. And then they, do they have, they already did Daytona. Um, is the first national coming up pretty quick? I think it's this coming weekend or the next weekend. weekend. That's what I thought. Next yeah. And so are a lot of guys, I think, are on Yamahas, I heard, coming up Most here. of the field is on Yamahas. Most of your Pro-Am guys are on Yamahas. I mean, there's still a few Hondas out there. Um, there's yeah. even some LTRs that are out there. Um, I don't think they race the Suzukis in the Pro class anymore, but yeah, yeah. some of your amateur guys still do. Yeah. I, I haven't seen a Suzuki at a, at a West Coast race in, in a few years, or at least yeah. not that I could recognize. Yeah, um, I mean the Hondas are still yeah. thing on the West Coast. Uh, Yamaha Yamahas are there, and 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 they're coming up through the ranks, and more and more guys are riding them. But when your number one guy is still riding a Honda, you know you're you're not uh, not everybody selling out to them. Right, right, right. I mean they're going yeah, to have eventually. Shame. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that the factory is going to come back. I really do. I don't think they're going to come back in the, in the support, like being a factory riders. I think that a factory is going to come back with a machine. Um, yeah. that's probably going to be Honda. Um, I just don't know when, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That'd be nice if they came out you know, and did that again. That would be, be great. I mean, a lot of these guys putting all this effort in, you know, and everything. And I don't even know, I haven't, you know, besides watching here there, I don't even know if the top guys are making, you know, can make a living at it anymore or not. You know, I know that Joel and Chad can. Yeah. Um, and there's a couple other guys that are 
Um, their families are helping them, but they're making enough money doing race related things yeah. to keep the, keep their love of the sport going. It's not making them any money, but they're not losing money at the same time. Right. You know, I mean, yeah. Cause I mean, a lot of riders. Well, remember Dustin Wimmer, um, Josh Creamer, them are two, two that love to race again, you know, and, uh, that that's who actually they hired was Josh Creamer after I retired, you know, he, he took over to him and I believe he won a championship then that year. But I mean, all them guys, I haven't heard what they're doing, you know, and heck, they were a lot younger than me, 15, uh, 20 years, you know, uh, Kramer lives in the North, um, on the Eastern side there. Um, I don't know exactly know where I reached out to him and, and he's trying to work his schedule out to come on, uh, Dustin, I've reached out to him and same thing, you know, everybody's got to work their schedules in to where they can sit down and take some time. Um, and, I don't begrudge anybody for being busy. If you're busy, Hey, no problem. I get it. You know, let me ask you this. Let me put you on the spot. Did you retire because of age or did you and want to, or do you retire because you were having, having physical ailments? Um, neither. Really? I wasn't planning on retiring, but Suzuki, um, they cut my salary and, you know, they hired Josh, the younger guy in there. And I was to the point of, I started weighing out my options. Like, well, you know, I am 42 or 43 than I would have been. And the risk worth the reward, you know, I, I decided to myself, it's, it's not worth it for, for the money anymore, you know? So I actually retired because of that. I physically was still in good shape. I had actually, um, before in 09, I had went to, uh, and did a whole life flying screen thing, doctor thing, checked my heart, made sure I was all good to race. Cause I, I thought I was going to race again. And then when they came and, um, you know, my contract was up and I had to renew and it wasn't, wasn't financially what I wanted. Um, I thought to myself, it's, I'm going to do something different. And, um, so I made the decision to stop and then I, I really didn't want to. But with, with, with what I got offered, it wasn't worth it to me. I get it. I totally get it. You know, we all have to pick and choose, you know, what that price will be. Yeah. You know, I just, just watching Supercross as I hear Ricky Carmichael talking and he, he said it right the other day, he said, man, these guys are doing the risk is not worth the reward anymore. You know, how they're pinpointing through these jumps and the speed they're carrying, you know, one mistake and, you know, it it could, uh, it could change the rest of your life. Well, look at Ken Roxon and and the injuries that he sustained and then came back from. I know he is. That is just unbelievable. I mean, I've read things on it. They were almost going to cut his arm off. And he and the doctor told him, you'll never be able to ride a dirt bike or use your arm right again. And he's winning races again. Yeah, I it's, just I'm yeah. rooting for him. I'm truly yep. rooting for him. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, plus I'm rooting for the red bike, too. I, I just yeah, I just don't want the orange bike to win. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. Here's orange. That's uh, web. <sighs> yeah, me too. Yeah, my wife is big. <laughs> My wife wants rocks in the wind too. She wants Pleasanter too. She likes Pleasanter. I like 
can. He has a good personality. All this stuff. So <laughs> that, that's awesome. That's at least you guys watch together and, and, and she's enthusiastic. My uh, wife yeah. says, come on. My wife goes in the other room. Oh no, I'm the one screaming, getting up yeah. her arm saying, go, go, go. So yeah, that's me. That's yeah. Awesome. Oh yeah. But until her guy ain't winning, then she's like, oh. I'm like, Pfft. and then all of a sudden she's sleeping. I'm like, hey, don't try to watch the final. <laughs> <laughs> My dad and I watch a lot of F1 and MotoGP. And, uh, you know, that's, that, that's, that's kind of like a Sunday pastime. Yeah. You know? yep. Oh, I mean, I enjoy, I got to say, I enjoy watching, even though I'm not a spectator, but it gives me something to look forward to and watching it. And uh, I'm going to be, I'll say I was bumming last week. Supercross wasn't on, you know, and I don't think it's on this week either. They're taking two weeks off. So, really? Yeah. I think they get off this week for Easter and then, uh, then they'll start up again. So, and they don't have that many races left, do they? No, I, I think there's only four or five. I think. Roxon better get off the fence. Yeah. I know. He's, Tell him. I, I, I told my wife, Tina, the last race, I'm like, if Roxon gets out front, Webb, I don't think Webb can beat him. Roxon's faster than Webb, but, and he proved it. He started pulling away, but then he just, I don't know what happened. He, you you know? can, do you think he could be suffering a little bit of fatigue from his injuries? Yeah. It could no, be. I, don't think I, so. I think a lot's mental. mental, you know, and, um, and I think he just is, is mentally beating himself, but I don't know. He got out front last Operational and 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 should have won it, and then just started falling back, and you know, web past him. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. You know, you, you, he only knows it. You know, and maybe he is hurting now. Maybe he's maybe he's overtrained, and he's you know he he just doesn't have the stamina. You know, who knows? Yeah, there's so many factors. There is when you come back from an injury like that. Yeah, and you know, the older I got. Obviously, I got smarter, um, but I couldn't train like I used to as far as days. You know, I had to start taking two or three days off before the race to recoup. Because if I trained like I used to all the way up to the race, I go to race, I'm tired. Because I've been overtraining, you know. So it got to the point where I was four days I would take off. So I wouldn't train if we were racing Saturday and Sunday or well, we just started racing Sundays. Tuesday was my last day of riding. And I just took it easy to, you know, to recoup. And, and then I felt way better during the race. You know? And that, and that all was the last few years you rode. Yes. Yep. yep. Wow. Did, did you learn that the hard way by tiring yourself out and having yes. a couple poor races? Yep. And that's what I think Joe did to himself a lot too, because he just, trained and trained and trained and got to the race he's tired you know or not i learned that if i gave myself three or four days off i had that much more energy for the race then you know what's your most memorable race i'm gonna say english town uh, new jersey it was a wpsa race and uh it went down to the last race Dustin Wimmer was riding for Honda. I was on Suzuki and um, it came down to the last moto. Whoever won, won the championship and um, Dustin got out front. And I think I was third or fourth and worked my way up and I reeled them in and passed them. 
but he passed me back and I passed him again and uh, just edged him out at the end and won the championship. I got to say that was the most That's memorable. Watch. You watched that one. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, I was there. Yeah. Were you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. John Pellin. John Pellin came right up to me before the start of the second moto and goes, who are you going to pick? And I says, you know, you can't take anything away from that young kid, but that old foxy guy, he's going to do it. He's going to find a way. And, uh, and, uh, Pellin says, you're picking Gus. And I go, well, yeah. I mean, anybody that knows anything is going to pick Gus. And that's not taking anything away from Dustin, but it's just, you just had too many tricks in that bag for him to, to be able to, to beat you. Yeah. And that was a good race. I mean, that, you know, we went back and forth a few times and that was, that was, that was, I have to say my most memorable. And and I worked hard to win that championship. Believe it or not, that is the only race that I have ever seen him like race on a four wheeler, like ever. Yeah. TV race. I've never showed her no videos. So she just, yeah, she, I showed her that one. No, we Googled it or something. I, I go, if you want to see me on a race, I'll show you one. So I showed her, but other yeah, than that, that was I, didn't, it. I didn't want to, um, when I met her, I didn't want to be like, oh yeah, I race. I did. I didn't even tell her nothing about it. And one day she was somewhere down in Tennessee and calls me up or sends me a picture. Hey, is this you? Are you famous or something? I had some, I signed an autograph and had an autograph to Gus poster on the wall of this place she was at. So that's when I kind of said, yeah, I used to race. <laughs> <laughs> then you had to, then you had to come clean, huh? Yeah. yeah I had to fess up. <laughs> yep. Well, I was working with a young man that it, it was a, it was a test race for us uh, because Tavis Kane had retired and uh, Chislock was there, you know, making his debut back East and, and riding, uh, Tavis's machine. And in the second moto, he lined up next to Natalie. And I thought, Oh, that's not going to work out for you, kid. And it didn't cause it, he sent, ended up cartwheeling off into the, into the never, never land. And, and he got back up and about three or four laps into the race, you know, they put the mechanics over in that hole where we couldn't see anything. And he come riding into there and he didn't even know who he was. So I said, wow. yeah, you're done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sit right here and watch the race with me. Yeah. 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 But we, it was a good race. We, you know, what we got to see of it was pretty awesome. Yeah. I, mean, I, I remember spotty races like that all, all over the place, you know, yeah. you see this race or that race. When I'm, you and I spoke on the phone, weeks ago, I brought something up and I don't remember the track, but I remember what everybody was talking about. And this is when the plus two suspension was coming out and the aftermarket shocks were, were there. And, and, and Doug Gus shows up to the race with stock a arms and stock shocks. And I don't, it might've been red. It might've been red bud and, and put it on everybody. Yeah. And this is yeah. all suspension guys are there going, Oh, you can't win without it. And you can't, and you yeah. come out there and proved everybody wrong. Yeah. I think that was red bud. Yeah. I think that was, yeah. you know, because everybody was talking about it. Ah, it's stock shocks. He's not going to, he's really not going to do that. Yeah. He, he's going to change the shocks. He's going to change the shock. 
And uh, you didn't, you, I mean, you did the next year, but that yeah. race, you came out there and just. Yeah, I think that was red button. If I remember right, it was a little wet. It had rained. So it was, um, you know, it, it got ruddy and everything. But yeah, I, I remember I had stock shocks on that thing. But that's how I practiced. I didn't have the money, you know, and, and sponsorship at the time to go and, and get all them extra goodies, you know. And I don't know how I did it, but riding them stock shocks definitely beat you compared to the good ones, you know. Did you, when you finally did transition, did you notice a big difference in the longer travel with the wider arms? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you just, the, the little bumps that would soak up better. You didn't get to darn. And then when you hit something big, you know, it, it didn't bottom as easy and you could set it up and just, it was more a plush ride. There's definitely no doubt about it. Definitely though, you had to, you would if you didn't set it up right i felt you lost cornering because of the rolling you know so and that's when they remember they used to put the spacers in there and try to the crossover links and try to because that's where you would um, lose on that you know but you gain so much on the uh the bumps and the big jumps that that ltr that you raced that had to have been pretty sweet because it outturned everything yeah no they turned good oh yep yeah, they, they were good. I, I, you know, I, I had to rode other bikes and, um, I got to say the Suzuki handled the best. It wasn't the fastest, but it handled the best. It just, and for me at my age, I, I needed something that was going to handle and that I didn't have to work my ass off and get tired, you know? So, I mean, the Suzuki just turned and handled and, and just seemed like it stayed flatter. You know, I mean, I rode other bikes. Holy cow, this thing's got some power, but man, it's hard to hold on to, you know. Well, they had the the engine package down for you guys. Pretty, pretty awesome, wasn't it? Yep. 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 No, it, they, they went good. Don't get me wrong. They went good and they, and they could put the power to the ground good and just stay tracking straight, you know, where others I rode were, whew, you know, just seemed like kind of all over the place. Did when you guys went and trained, I mean, I don't know, you trained with Joe. I don't know if you trained with any of the other guys. Did you guys ever swap bikes and, and just to see what everybody was riding? Yeah. Before the factory stuff got real bad because they, they could have put a kibosh on us doing that. So, and I don't blame them. I mean, they don't want, you know, Honda or didn't want to know what didn't want me to know what they're doing, you know, but before we really were big factory riders, we'd switch. Yeah. And ride and see what it felt like, you know? So were you a thumb or twist throttle? I was thumb. I never, I can't, I can't, um, I I guess you put a thumb throttle on your dirt bike. No, I ride twist on a dirt. I, I can ride a dirt bike twist and I can ride a quad thumb. I think, uh, like Gary Denton, I remember put a twist on a quad and I think you guys out, West, you know, you never ride snowmobiles, so you don't aren't used to the, getting the thumb strong, you know. And uh, I think jet skis might even be, you know, with your finger that way, or sometimes thumb. But you know, we do a lot of riding snowmobiles, so when I would ride three wheelers and quads, the thumb throttle didn't bother me, and I couldn't see turning a right hand corner and having to twist the throttle, you know, when the handlebar is in your gut. Where the thumb, you can just reach with your other fingers, index fingers or whatever, the thumb throttle, you know. So I never, never rode a twist on a quad. And I never rode 
a thumb on a bike. And I know guys that ride quads and put thumb throttles on bikes. I can't do it. I mean, a bike is to me, it's fine with the thumb or with the twist. You know, I never, I know I don't switch them. Can you ride a quad with a twist throttle though? Oh, I can. I just prefer a thumb, but I can, it don't bother me to ride a twist on a quad. So. Yeah. I, I'm, I ride everything with a twist throttle. Yeah. Cannot. I just cannot make that thumb throttle thing work. If you, if you'd grew up riding snowmobiles, you wouldn't have a problem probably. And that's what I tell a lot of people. I think that if you have never rode a thumb throttle for it, then you can't, it's just like, you want to twist then, you know, come on over to Wisconsin one time and ride snowmobiles. He'll teach you the thumb throttle thing. Yeah. My wife has ridden snowmobiles and tells me that I have to. (laughs) to go oh my god it's like you can't even do it with your thumb you have to do it with your whole freaking hand i'm just letting you know before you you get here and try it it's your whole hand (laughs) have you ever rode a snowmobile never are you kidding me oh Oh my god God. you've got to come out you are coming out next winter you will enjoy it it's the power that that these things have too is it's it's amazing but ask just Tell them you want to ride the race quad. The race quad is race bad. sled, yeah, or sled, whatever. Yeah, yeah. The race, the race one. I have a race yeah. one, and it 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 rips. It's it's it'll pull a wheelie, you know, easy, quickly. Yep, quickly. They're they're clutch, you know, and a lot of that's all in their clutching too, you know. But I mean, you can buy a stock snowmobile now, like a Yamaha Sidewinder, two hundred horse. They'll do a hundred and some right out of box stock. Don't have to do a thing to it. Yeah. There it is. There it open enough area to go ride them oh yeah yeah, yeah right here we, in the front yard. we we <laughs> we take off out of here um i think we put a couple hundred miles on just from my house we can ride out my backyard go through cup fields pick up the snowmobile trail and then we just go you can ride heck we can ride from here all the way to michigan all the way up north to michigan i mean you can go go i know guys that did it this year because we had enough snow they rode all the way up to michigan and come back they put on thousand miles you know, Jesus. yep. And they groom the snowmobile trails. You know, you get out on the snowmobile trail and they groom them. They pull these big drags and groom them. And they're, they're kind of like riding the freeway, but you're just on a snowmobile trail. That's awesome. I'll, yeah. I'll you'll have to go on gas. They, um, they usually, the, the trail sleds have 10 gallon tanks and you usually can get a hundred miles on them. So you're doing about 10 miles to the gallon, you know, that's not bad. No, it ain't bad at all, you know. And they're now they're four stroke. A lot of the newer snowmobiles are four strokes, you know, so you don't have to mix oil or bring oil. The two strokes were off, you know, oil injected, so you always had to make sure you had oil in your tank, you know. Um, the race sled that I ride, that one is um, they strip it all down, so you mix the oil and gas, just like the two stroke two fifty hours, you know. So. Right? Is it a triple? Nope, it's a doubles doubles you have to come ride it this next year it's uh even if we don't get to go trail riding if you just ride on the snow cross track it's they're interesting they're impressive you'd be surprised (laughs) yeah wow i got i'll have to send a video her riding one this year she i got her on one too well we're doing this crazy drag bike thing for this guy and it's a big giant banshee motor in this lower drag chassis and it's got a rear strut on the thing. And the only place we can ride this thing is in the asphalt. Oh, wow. Hmm. Talk about silly. When it hit, when it hits and you shift, it, it, it instantly gets uncomfortable. Yeah. It's hmm. that fast. 
you know, um, I'd like to take it on a straightaway where you could actually be comfortable riding it because you can see what's in front of you. I mean, on our street where we, where we ride it, which we don't ride anything on the street, you know, right. Right. We don't ride anything on the street, but it's curved and it's rough, you know, because it hasn't been repaved in a, a number of years. So it, it gets unsettled really fast. Yeah. Where the normal suspended machines, right. You don't have a problem with them at all. You don't even, you don't even notice it, but that one, you the one little ripple in the asphalt and you're just like, Oh boy, where's it going to go? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. That's, that's uncontrollable power. It seems like, uh, yeah, if you're dragging in a straight line, it's okay. But man, yeah. I don't get scared. I don't get scared much. You know, I mean, we had a test where we tested a lot of stuff on the concrete at the old shop. You know, there's a dumpster at one end and a street at the other, and you had to make the turn at speed. Yeah. yeah. And the best bike to ride there was an LTR, but, um, you know, I got clocked in there on a Banshee at 61. Wow. Then made the turn and made the turn. Wow. <laughs> you know, you gotta, yeah. you gotta put that in there anyway. Cause if you don't make the turn, it's the yeah. dumpster of the road. Um, and it's a busy street. A lot of, a lot of cool things that we, we've done over the years, you know, testing different stuff, but I don't get that afraid. This No, one, I usually don't either. Yeah. This one I'm afraid mm-hmm. of. That's friend. Well, I'll tell you, this snowmobile, this race sled, when the first time I raced it this year against just practice race against this kid, I was telling my wife, they lined us up, you know, as a flag start. And that thing accelerated so hard that I lost my stomach. It was like, I think my stomach was still back over there. I mean, I had to like catch my wits. I'm like, holy cow, this thing accelerated hard on the snow. And you know, snow, it's hard to get traction, you know, but they put a big deep lug track on it and it was impressive. What's the, what are they, what are those made out of? The tracks? Yeah. They're just rubber, just rubber. Yeah. And they'll, they'll end up, ripping their lugs off, just like you rip a knobby off. I'm still picking them up out there. Yeah, she's probably still picking them off. <laughs> I yeah. seriously picked them up this morning. The yeah. track melted, yeah. all the snow melted yeah. off track. And yeah. That's crazy. Didn't they used to make that stuff out of steel? Yeah, they, well, they would put rubber, but with steel cleats like on mm-hmm. them, you know, the old Articat cheetahs. <laughs> you oh, know. Um, yeah. I don't know if you got ran over by that, it hurt. Oh, yeah. Well, now they put such big, they call them um, studs. Um, they're just big ice picks that they put in a track now that, mm-hmm. cause a lot of times it gets icy under like the snow will melt and then it freezes and now you get ice. And so they put these picks and people just, I don't know why they haven't totally said no more, banned you know, them. banned them, but people get their arms chewed up when they get landed on or run over by a sled. It's, I don't know. That, that's one thing that scares me. Have you ever, uh, ice raced on a quad? Yeah. yeah. How'd, you, how'd you like that? It was fun. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we, we, we haven't done it in a long time, but I mean, I used to set my pond up for it too. And it's one thing you never done. You never like road mirror. No, never have. It's good fun. Hey, I, I got to change the subject here. I see that uh, three wheeler. It looks like you're building the back. Is that a 110? That's a 70. It's a, a 70. A seven, a, a suspended 70 that my dad purchased back in the heyday and hung it on the wall 
to build for a customer. Like when they'd come in and want to build this yeah. in 70. Well, for some reason, nobody ever bought it. And when we moved the shop from the, from the Boulevard back to where it all started, he kept that. And he was just hanging in the shop for years. Well, as all these restorations start happening, my dad has a multitude of 70 pieces and seventies. He started putting it together and he's building hydraulics breaks for it. And wow. he's not going to the sites where everybody builds the stuff. He's building it himself. A little story. My dad's 85 years old and likes to do everything himself. Wow. That's, That's great. though. That's great. At 85, he's done it all on his own. Yeah. Well, he's got a home CNC mill. Okay. And he buys when he was 79, he got diagnosed with cancer, you know, hmm. and prostate cancer. It's the best, it's the best and worst thing. You know, it's the slowest moving and it's curable and, but it's still cancer. Right. So he tells Lauren and I, Hey, I want to, I want to buy this. Okay, dad, buy it. No problem. By the way, do you know how to use it? Oh, no. I don't know how to use it at all. So he goes to school <laughs> to learn wow. how to use it after he bought it. Um, and, and you'll have to excuse me. I know, I know some of the stuff, but not all of it. He wanted a fourth axis. So he wanted also to make it a lathe also. Well, it didn't come with those pieces. So he built them all. Wow. With the mill so that he could have a lathe. That's great though, man. Wow. You gotta yeah. give him a lot of credit. I give my dad tons of credit. At 85, he can still outwork most most of the youngsters. Wow. That, that's that's what's here. keeping him going. I'm sitting here and there's two TT 500 uh flat track bikes, um, an old Yamaha 125 that's kind of a flat track bike, a VMAX. Um, and a couple other models sitting here with, I think there's a triumph that my dad restored down there. Um, and that's just, in, that's just, just where I'm sitting to do the taping, you know, because the only place that I can do it and not disrupt the whole house. Yeah. I live with my mom and dad. Uh, you know, they're getting up in age. My mom's not doing real well. Um, sorry so, to hear that. But yeah, it's a bummer. It's a, it's a horrible, horrible disease that she has, but, um, you know, we all have to, we all have to bury the cross at some point with our, with our parents. And, um, you know, my, my dad is, is doing most of her care, but my wife and I are here doing everything that we can to help them, you know, and, uh, yeah. uh oh, it's, 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 I couldn't, I couldn't see live myself living anywhere else. So I, I live in a, I live in a toy house. <laughs> yeah, one end, yeah. Of the, one end of the shop, I go to my dad's area where he's got all these machines and, and we get to build anything we want. He's got a model a that he's building, you know, in the, in the rafters, yeah. all these different motorcycles and three wheelers. And then I can go to the other end of the property where my garage is and I'm building quads uh, TRX 450Rs for desert or off road, and then I have LT 80s that I'm building for my grandkids. Wow! Wow! So it's a, it's a toy shop is basically yeah. what it is at the house. Wow, that's awesome. 
I mean, I, I've been blessed. I've never, I've never had anything to do in life other than work on ATVs, you know, and motorcycles. And I don't want to work on UTVs. Not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. None no, is not into it at all. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Doug, I want to thank you so much for spending some time with me. I know that well, you're a busy guy and uh, there's so many more things I think we could talk about. Um, there's just other questions that I always will come up with after um, yeah. other, other stories and, you know, other little battles that you've had, um, you know, muddy Creek being one of those places that. Oh yeah. Oh, we'll have to do it again. I enjoyed this. I, we'll I really to, have too. We'll uh, have to I'd like again. to get into more of the conversation of your time with Suzuki and yep. some of your time with, with Wayne, because that guy is, everybody's mentor. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not just yours and, and Gary's. I mean, he's taught me things. He's helped my brother. Um, he, he's been involved, I think with helping the whole industry. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. He, he was a big influence on the industry. Big influence. Oh, still is. I think. Yeah. I mean, yep. And the motorcycle, the stuff he does in the motorcycle industry as well. Yep. You know, but Again, I appreciate your time and I will definitely be reaching out to see how your schedule works. Um, I, I, I'll let, I'll let you get through the summer before I, before I start asking again, because I know how busy things get. And I'll, I'll think of some names. Like I remember now Jeff Watts and uh, some of the guys, you know, Marty Hart, <laughs> he's raced way back in the day and yeah. some of them guys. So yeah, there was a lot, a lot of names out there. So John Hemi too. Yeah. You spent a lot of time doing it and, and spent a lot of roads traveled. Uh, you said you got to race in New Zealand, right? Yep. Did you get to race in Europe at all in, in, in France or anything like that? No, I had to do that, but I went to New Zealand. Remember Ian Fitch? Yep. Um, yep. And that's how I got there. And I, I raced one of their nationals and, uh, I went to Argentina with Joe and we raced that, um, it's some sand race, you know, that just, they, they go across this big, I mean, it's a long race. It's, it's not in a circle. It's not in a closed course. You're just going, you know, from one point to another. So How'd we you did do? that. Ah, broke down. <laughs> I, I ran a, I ran a 400 X, I think in that race, that was before the four fifties came out, you know, and anything, but um, yeah, it was still fun. It was uh, enjoyable to go over there. Yeah, the setups that they run for those machines, if you see any videos or look at it now, that's a pretty unique bike setup that yeah. they run in those sand races. Yeah, and it's some high speed too, you know. Oh, yeah, those guys are getting with it, man. Yeah. You know, when you go into their world, you better be ready. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yep. You, you laugh, but it's just... It, 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 it's so crazy. You watch the guys that race the, the Dakar. It's an endurance race and, yep. and they're almost sprinting those stages. Yeah. You know, it, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yes, it is. But brother, the ATV world has been great to both of us. And, and thank you so much for you and your lovely yep. wife coming on. I lost and you. Time with us. You still got me? Well, thank you. Uh, no. <laughs> say goodbye to you. Well, I, we're going to definitely use this part in the video. Just so, All right. just so she knows. 
Okay. Had okay. To- Just for that, I would not send you pictures of all the cool stuff that he talked about. <laughs> oh man, come on. Ah, okay. no, okay. right, Doug. I won't use that. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> she probably saw that, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. she did. Oh man, <laughs> that's okay. We'll, we'll we'll work it all out. Um, there might be some video at some point. Um, we're audio only. Um, okay. I will reach out to you. Uh, I do need some, from some photos, six to 10 photos is all I need uh, that I can promote the episodes with and promote you, your episode with, uh, and I'll reach out to you when you're going to air. Okay. So, okay. So that you can listen. And I don't know if you've listened into any uh, at all. Um, no, I have not. I haven't, um, okay. but I will now. Yeah. Doug don't do Facebook or Instagram stuff. So well, they're on, you have to. What kind of phone do you have? I got we an iPhone. Have iPhones. Okay. On your iPhone, there's an app and it's a purple app with a microphone in it. Okay. It's podcast. It's a podcast app. And all you have okay. to do is go to the search, type in ATV talk, and there's 60 episodes for you to check. Oh, okay. Cool. cool. Well, seriously, because I've told you, I mean, I don't know anything about that world, but, um, there's a lot of information. Cause I go all the way back into the seventies to modern day. Wow. You know, uh, Jim Babbitt was one of the guys that came on and he's raced. He, I spoke to him because he raced in one of the first three wheeler races on the West coast. Oh, wow. Hmm. Wow. Okay. Wow. And then I had Chad Weenan on as well. So, so yeah, you're from all. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. You remember Teddy Trey? No. He, about. he was the, the first GNCC champion on a three-wheeler in 84. Oh, wow. <laughs> 84? Yep. Jeez. And he, he, Friday, his episode drops Friday. Wow. I was in elementary school. Wow, that's crazy. I still in high school. Mm-hmm. I graduated in 84. I graduated 85, so you're one year. Yep. Yeah, you were in high school, yeah? No, but I'm 38 only because I quit having Wait, yeah. Only because that was my daughter's cutoff. Yeah. <laughs> That's a story for next time. Yeah. Go. <laughs> Again, thank you so much for taking the time with us. Uh, I It was well well worth the wait. And um, I think everybody's going to love this. You know, Sounds good. Well, thank you. I, I enjoyed talking to you. Well, I'm going to get you on again. And maybe I'll get you on with Joe and... And one of the other guys, if I could get Timmy to talk, it'd be great. But yeah, his wife said that he just, he's not a talker. So he's just not going to, yeah, yeah. He's just not going to, he's not going to participate, you know, but Shane talks enough for everybody. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'd like to talk to him. It's been a while. Well, be careful because I could end up getting a chat going with me, you, Shane and Joe. And, and, and we could really talk some more stories. (laughs) Yeah. Yep, he, they're all they're all good guys, man. A lot of fun, a lot of fun. It was a, it was a great time, it really was. I, I think it's the best time in in our sport. I really do. But yeah, I'll me get too. To get with it tonight, and and thanks again for for taking the time with me. And uh, I will be in touch definitely. All right, thanks. Take care. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATVTalkPodcast.com. Brought to you by Take-Two Custom Tees. Screen printing experience that is dedicated to quality and customer service every time.
San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience, Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.bodyevolution.org or call for an appointment, 619-987-8875. Duncan Technologies International. More than 33 years in the industries building racing programs and ATVs around the world. We build winners. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, don't forget to rate us on all the available platforms and share us with your loved ones. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more ATV Talk News. See you next time.